Hey, thanks. I grind for the love of the game. You know my takes are scorching hot. I grind for the love of the game. Projecting the jump is back. If you're ready or if you're not. What's good, people? Uh, this is your boy, Flying J. Flying J, Natron Clean. Glad to be back with you. It's good. It's good. Nate is over there just pounding through a bunch of sugary candy from his uh, daughter's Halloween stash. I, I hear he just tried some Fruit Loops gummies, uh, which looked rough. Yeah, I know this isn't quite a candy review podcast, uh, although we may look at a su- separate uh, offshoot of that. That candy, I'm going to give that a solid D minus. Uh, Fruit Loops gummies. It's a pass. If you if you have the opportunity to steal that from children like I did, you I would I would opt into something different. I think we could diversify, do some reviews of junk food, something like that. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's the element <laughs> to kind of like to get the tandem, get a pairing. You know, where do you do you pair a Murray with a, a Kit Kat or, a, right. you know, what's the, what's the perfect pairing for that? I think the people would be ready for that. Well, it is uh, November 23rd, so we are about a quarter of the way through the NBA season. Uh, last we spoke to you, we were in our pre-draft content phase. Um, so in preparation for our return, uh, I thought it'd be nice to kind of connect our last pod where we did our risk-reward team. Uh, so I've went through some of those takes. I kind of analyzed um what what I was thinking uh, before those drafts, before our fantasy drafts, and kind of what it's looked like so far uh, throughout the course of the season, um, just to get an idea of uh, where these players are at, um, where I think they might be headed. Um, so we're going to get into some of that as well. Um, I believe that Natron Clean uh, has a more analytical um, uh, thing ready for us. So uh, Natron cleans takes all fresh. I don't know what he's about to hit us with, um, but I believe that you have uh, an anecdote. Do you not? Right. Yeah. An, an anecdote. <laughs> and I'm uh, ready. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I feel, do feel like we need to explain to everybody why the extended pause was, and that is my fault. I was uh, busy doing harvest, so uh, was out of out of a uh, commission for a couple weeks there but that is now through uh, so now we should be recording regularly from here on out so uh, uh make sure to check us out in the follows or you know follow us and we'll be recording regularly from here on out um as uh as flying j has has mentioned in the past or uh, as a uh, kind of uh poked fun at a little bit my uh i do all my notes on uh, construction paper just a random piece of paper I can find around the house. And uh, yesterday I had written everything down. You know, I have it here. This is an orange construction paper today. But uh, and uh, my daughter was like, oh, can I practice uh, my scissor skills? Which I, I kind of forget that that's something you're supposed to practice. They kind of have that for like homework. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, like and so she grabs her scissors and I'm doing something else. And uh, and uh, I hear my wife yell like oh nathan's gonna be pissed about that uh i look over and she has like cut my notes into like thin tiny micro strips um and so i have i had to go through with tape like a fbi agent going through a paper shredder and uh and piece together all of my notes into like wow. these these strips which like really lines up with like the name and their like ranks and stuff so uh 
apologies if I if I get any of these wrong. It's kind of a a little bit of uh, forensics here. You can't see it on the pod. Um, the video may come to light someday. It looks like a terrorist note that a third grader wrote has been pieced back together <laughs> with with blue scotch tape or whatever painter's tape. Is that painter's tape? It's painter's tape. It's yeah. the only tape I can it's, find. It's bad tape as well. Bad bad tape and bad tape. Right. <laughs> okay well we love we love natron clean for his antiquated ways um and that's what makes him him so uh we would not want you to be using google docs keep the construction paper coming (laughs) (laughs) well flying jay i'm I'm excited to uh now that we're a quarter of the way through the season hear some of your your takes I, i i'm interested to hear your perspective on this season so far what do you got well, it's been it's been an interesting season. Um, you know, I was going through uh, just uh, Yahoo has this cool feature I had not seen before called draft analysis, where you can go through and mm-hmm. it will take you through the top ranked players. And it also shows their preseason ADP just nice and clean. Um, so like number one is Steph Curry right now. His ADP was six. Uh, KD was is number two. His ADP is five. Uh, and there's this player, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, his ADP was 46.9. He's the third ranked player. Uh, I don't recognize the team he plays for, but man, is he putting up some numbers. And I do remember a player with the same name that was a rookie with LA Clippers. And I really liked him in college uh, when he played for the Wildcats of Kentucky. Um, so I, just some of the numbers that were jumping out to me. For the love of God, um, this player is the seventh ranked player, Nate, and his ADP was 92. Can you guess who that player Whoa. is? He uh, he is not of American descent, and he was labeled. Oh, is this this? I know exactly who this is. This is uh, first first season on the new team, right? Yeah, that is right. Give it to me. Lori Markkinen. That is correct. Lori Markkinen is your seventh ranked player in nine cat right now. Um, so, you know, if you got Laurie Markkinen, um, you drafted well around him, you're sitting pretty right now. Um, but, um, what I did to kind of prepare for this pod, I wanted to revisit some of the risk reward stuff as I think it's interesting quarter way into the season. Let's take a look at how that's looking. Um, so I'll just jump into my first guy. That would be the crucifix Christian Wood. Um, so, Mm. so when I was reviewing that pod, uh, the general take I have was Jason Kidd isn't going to mess around. Um, I was a little worried that that fit there, that that could be a little awkward. Um, the risk reward, I think, is leaning more towards the risk on that side. As you know, his minutes have been all over the shop. Um, bottoming out, actually, his last game, not the game today, which I'll get to, uh, but the game previously, he played 17 minutes and a one point loss to Denver um, after the game, Christian Wood. Uh, was uh, airing his grievances to reporters. I said, I would love to play more. I voiced that several times, but I just play my role. So as a fantasy manager, I'm just concerned what that role might look like moving forward. Um, He is six on the Mavericks in minutes played. Um, He's come off the bench every game this season. Um, I will note he had 26 and and 12 tonight in 34 minutes uh, just before the time of recording. Wow. So... um, so, yeah, so his preseason ADP was 56. He's currently sitting at number 136. Uh, quick run through of his numbers. You're getting 16.6 points and 7.5 rebounds. That's nice. You're only getting a combined 0.8 stocks. Uh, and oh. you're, 
you're getting 1.4 triples. Um, so I'm curious what you th- what you think. And in general, though, I, d- I did want to give kind of my analysis um, and some advice on it. Uh, I would say I would hold at this point. I don't like where it's trending, um, but maybe sneaking him into some multiplayer trades if possible. Uh, Christian Wood has his believers out there. Um, I am not one at this point. Uh, so if he heats up for a few games, I might be inclined to see if someone buys into that jump being sustainable. Um, his production is needed on the team, but with him already complaining to the media about playing time, I don't know how well that bodes uh, because they're going to play whoever they need to play to have the best chance to win. And they have some centers there who know the system, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba. Um, so don't be surprised at some point in the season, you're picking up Maxi Kleba to stream. Uh, because Christian Wood is right in the pine. So I, I'm a little concerned. I would say right now we're leaning more towards the risk side of that preseason uh, preseason risk-reward take. Yeah, it's definitely – it's interesting because you don't see a center or a power forward, I guess, however you want to classify them, as kind of that uh, heat check guy off the bench. Um, he's He's kind of almost playing the, like, Jordan Clarkson – role uh in a sense i mean not jordan clarkson this year but you know that kind of like typical um come off the bench green light then get back to the bench once the starters kind of come in just keep keep the bench unit afloat um which is uh which is interesting because i it on one hand like it probably is about the perfect role for him if you're if you were actually looking to build a you know, a, a competent competitive team. Um, but it, on the other hand, like he is per 36 and it's always been this way in his career are, are tremendous. So like, it's really frustrating to be a Christian Wood owner um, because you just see like, if I could, if you could just give him five more minutes a night, you're looking at a top 50 guy, but I just don't know if he's going to be getting there. I, I just don't see, I mean, what's the pathway, I guess, for for his role to change? I mean, it's probably a, a Luca injury, no? I think the pathway is for him to start to adapt to the system in a way that ingratiates himself to Jason Kidd, and so he can have more sustained uh, bursts of production by staying on the floor. Um, so I think we're going to learn a lot about what kind of player he is. Is he going to drift off, look for his own shot? Um he just seems like the kind of guy that's more concerned with his numbers. And when his minutes start to uh, depreciate, I feel like he grabs onto those minutes even closer, um, wanting to keep his production. I, I feel like he checks the stat sheet after the game. Um, so if he yeah. if he can, you know, incorporate himself into the culture there, uh, they have a winning culture, um, then the, pr- the production could stabilize as the minutes stabilize. Um, so I think you just have to hope that he a light bulb comes on for him. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, he's I mean? kind of a Hassan Whiteside in that sense. Exactly. Now that was a great take you had on that risk forward pod. Uh, I just see him in that vein, um, and so we're going to learn a lot about Christian Wood this season. I think. Yeah, who's the next guy you got? Well, the next guy uh, that we had on the risk award team uh, was KPJ. Um, you know, my take there was we had some character issues. You got endless upside. Do we have personal growth? Uh, and I think 
right now, um, I'm leaning more towards the reward side. I think he's shown some personal growth. Um, you know, shortly after we recorded, one of the things we were worried about is the Rockets' commitment to him. Um, he did get a, a very unique contract extension, four years, 82 and a half mil on the surface. Uh, however, the first mm-hmm. year is the only guaranteed year. Um, so KPJ kind of made a bet on himself in you know the nature of the extension that he signed. So far, fantasy managers who made that bet are being rewarded, uh, especially late. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last two, ready for these numbers, the last two weeks, KPJ has given you 20 and a half points, 5.2 boards, 6.2 assists, 1.2 steals, almost a block, and 2.2 triples. Um, wow. Right? It, wow. <laughs> right? Uh, his main bugaboos we knew coming in, um, free throw shooting and turnovers. I don't worry about turnovers. You know, I, you know, I put the punt filter on when I'm, when I'm trying to do some research or at least I'll turn it down to mean less, uh, but free throw shooting last year, he was uh, 64%. He's up to 74 on the season. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you got him at his one Oh nine preseason ADP right now, he's sitting at 83 uh, number 83 and nine cat, but that's with the turnovers, the free throw shooting. If you're punting those things, I think you look at KPJ as a top 50 player right now. I'm kind of amazed. I mean, on one hand, uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect to see this consistency that we're seeing from him. I mean, in he game in, game out, he's probably been the Rockets' most consistent player as far as putting up numbers go. Um, I mean, it certainly hasn't been Jalen Green. Uh, Sangoon has been kind of uh, in and out of Peaks and valleys. I mean, his peaks have been t- tremendous. Um, Jerry Parker is uh, Jerry Smith. Sorry, is uh, uh, you know, average. I guess the best so far. I mean, it looks like a rookie. Um, but I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. has been uh, has been really consistent. I don't know if that. Uh, I feel like the. I, for this season, yeah, I mean that's great. Like hold on to him, play him. I think if you're looking at him long term, like it doesn't seem to be translating towards winning. It seems to be a little bit more of the uh, Westbrookian uh, assists with that. Don't necessarily, um, you know, they're, they're good on the stat sheet, but they don't necessarily contribute to uh, uh, competitive basketball. Uh, but, uh, but boy, yeah, I mean, I got to admit off that take off of the initial pod. I, I got to take a mulligan on that take. He's looked great so far. You know, we could do a whole pod, just dissecting the Rockets. Uh, they're endlessly fascinating because they have so much talent and they're so frustrating. Um, that team, you know, Jabari Smith Jr., for instance, he just kind of roams around the perimeter waiting for somebody to kick it out to him. Um, and yeah, I think a little bit of the playing style of the your turn, my turn of those guards, Jalen Green and KPJ, mm-hmm. I think lends to a drifting tall rookie out there just kind of waiting for someone to throw him a bone. Um, so the Rockets are a tough watch. Um, and I agree with you. You know, I don't think he's shown that he's a winning player per se, KPJ. I think he's shown that he's ingratiated himself this year. Um, and I think I think if you drafted him this year in, in a redraft league, then then you're good. Um, but uh, but yeah, the Rockets, man, <laughs> they're frustrating, uh, to say the least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I I feel like uh Spe- speaking of uh mulligan takes i i gotta issue a formal apology i'm gonna take this moment to i this is 
a player that I think I clowned on more this podcast than any other player. Um, <laughs> you, you already know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I I feel like it, every single take I have, I was like, well, he's not a blah, 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 this guy. And uh, the player I'm talking about is Kelly Oubre Jr., um, who okay. I... I I kind of think of as like the complete empty calorie diet. I kind of think of him as the Fruit Loop gummies of basketball players. Um, but this season, he's been tremendous. I mean, I really gotta gotta hand it to him. His consist. I mean, I think the biggest thing is his consistency. Um, I think maybe I mentioned in a previous podcast. One of my favorite things to do was uh, the night after he had a big game to go on to DraftKings and bet the under on his on all the stats the following night because he just wouldn't do he couldn't pull it out the following nights um and it made some good money doing that but uh the but this season has been completely different he's averaging a career high 19.4 points per game um he has um the 17th most three pointers made in the NBA this season. And he is, has the third most steals in the league. The third most steals in the league. That is fluky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows if he can maintain that. Um, But at the moment he's the 32 ranked player. Um, And, you know, whether or not he can keep that up and going is, is a question, but it seems like with the way that the Hornets are going, kind of uh, they seem to be, I mean, outwardly like, or I mean, it seems like all signs are pointing towards the tank. Who knows if they have the appetite for that. I think most people, you know, outside the organization would say, you guys should tank. Balls hurt, um, kind of shut some guys down. But I think that they can do that while still playing Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, min- like all, all the minutes that he wants, he can have the, he can shoot the ball 25 times a game. Him and Terry Rogier can just kind of go out there, do their thing, and they can still uh, be in contention for a top three pick. Um, so I wouldn't be concerned about about him. But I, I'm curious on uh, on what you think if if, if he's a guy that you were offered in a trade, would you, would you be excited about taking that trade? Or you think he's at a, uh, a sell high player? I love that you bring up Ubre because I was just picturing the other day, like Kelly Ubre is a tanking team's best friend because he fits the mold of being able to masquerade as a go-to scorer. He is happy to play the role, but he does not know how to play the role effectively in the context of winning basketball. So he, if you want him to b- pretend he's Paul George and win 18 games, he got you. Um, if, <laughs> if, if I'm sitting on Kelly Oubre, uh, two words, two emphatic words, sell high. Um, you know, they've been incredibly thin. Um, and it's true. I, I mean, he could sustain that production because he is, you know, he's a secret weapon for the tank. Um, that team traditionally has not been willing to bottom out. Um, but they might have no choice mm-hmm. this year. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward, your boy. Um, you know, who knows? He's on gonna... my all risks. To... 
Yes, he was. And and you said that you would take him over uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I asked you that specific question and we contrasted the styles. Um, And, you know, he he still could come back. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't, I I don't trust it. I actually saw a trade the other day in my points league and I thought it was just the classic sell high. Somebody combined Lowry and um, Kelly Oubre and they got um, CJ McCollum. And I was like, that is mm. exactly, that's what I want to do with Kelly Oubre. I want to use him as a sweetener to get a player I can trust. Um, I just having, depending on Kelly Oubre feels like uh, there's an expiration date to it. But um, it is interesting that you bring it up because if they do end up bottoming out, like sure, he that production could sustain. I think steals can be a little, um, you know, they really inflate the value, um, you mm-hmm. know, and once you know that ticks down a bit then you could see those numbers really drop as far as um, his overall ranking. But um, me personally, I would sell high on Kelly Oubre if I had him. Mm, yeah, oh, that's a fair point. I was, I mean, it's a shock that he was at 32. He's, I mean, he's never approached that ranking any at any oh, yeah. point in his career. So that's uh, typically a sign that there's some regression to the mean happening. But, uh, but you know, this is, unique circumstances with that team. So I was um, interested to see. And uh, regardless, at this point of the season, I Kelly Oubre, if you're listening out there, I do think <laughs> you're the sexiest man in the NBA, but uh, and I apologize. Hey, the tsunami poppy will be a listener soon, I'm sure. Um, Oubre. <laughs> God, the Hornets are a mess. Um, I love that we just, I did not think we discussed Kelly Oubre in this podcast. Um, <laughs> so my next guy I was going to get into, and I'm really interested to hear your take on this one. I do think this is a player that you like more, um, is Michael Porter jr. Um, you know, so far so good. You're getting what you paid for. Um, you know, as far as the leaning more towards the risk or the reward scale, I think you're breaking even, um, for me, uh, I would personally try and cash out if I had him, if I could get a top 50 player back, if I could get a player that I felt like was going to definitely remain in the top 50 that fit my build, um, I would probably look to do that. Um, his first miss game uh, was today as, as far as for rest, but I, th- I think there could be more rest days coming. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, you know, you're getting what, getting what you paid for on him. Um so yeah, have you been impressed with Kevin Porter Jr. or Mike? Excuse me, Michael Porter. I've been uh, actually a little surprised on how sluggish of a start that he has had. Um, I mean, he's been. You I mean you're right? He you've gotten kind of gotten what you expected. He's been his value has been returned around his ADP, um, and the one thing I've been when he kind of had his breakout season the year before it was, uh, he kind of gave you a little bit more of those defensive stats. Um, right, I don't right. have the numbers in front of me at the moment, but I feel like he, he was averaging like 1.5 stocks. Um, I'm trying to look that up, but it's, uh, but this season, I mean, he's not really giving you anything on the defensive end. I mean, no. he's given you, uh, 0.8 over the last month. Um, and so his scoring has been, good um but i feel like he's been a little bit more just like spot up offense um and that's kind of it and and even without the you know kind of uh the bump in rebounding that you might expect you know i mean with him you never expect any assists you know he's he's there to shoot the ball 
you know, like uh, as we went over, he clearly thinks he's the best player. Um, I have been a little underwhelmed by him, if I'm being honest. Like you're you're glad you didn't get him anywhere at the price you would have had to pay, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, you know, and I have been kind of paying, I have been paying attention to him because I've been wondering if that, you know, it, how much of that is rust, you know, that's just ready to come off. Um, and I, that's what I kind of assumed for the first like two weeks or so. Um, and I've been, frankly, been kind of wondering the same thing about Jamal Murray as well, uh, mm. but with a greater level of concern. I feel like my level of concern with with Michael Porter Jr. is lower than Jamal Murray's is. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, his – oh, here we go. So his, his steals, his breakout season uh, – so, I mean, his stocks, his breakout season was 1.6. He's right. averaging one this year. So I feel like that's kind of the difference between where you're getting him at uh, – and being a top 50 player. Yeah. MPJ coming in is, is the ADP was uh 59.6 His current nine cat rank is 72. So I think uh, what mm-hmm. you're talking about with the uh, blocks and steals tick down, I think that's reflected there. Um, so again, a player for me, I feel like uh, if somebody's like, Oh, MPJ's back and they're willing to pay for that, I'd be willing to move them um, just because, you know, who do you, uh, who do you have more confidence in between Murray and uh, Porter holding long-term? I, th- I mean, for me, it's, it's, I feel like the risk is very similar, um, you know, as far as guys who coming into the season, there were major injury concerns. There haven't been any major setbacks, but there have been rest days. Um, you know, I, I think it's neg- negligible, um, but overall, because uh, that chronic back and that you, <laughs> you chronicled the history of his sisters uh, on our last pod, I think, <laughs> uh, and their back right. issues playing college basketball, I would give the slight nod to um, Michael Porter uh, just because that chronic back is just something that's it's always going to rear its ugly head again uh, at some at some mm-hmm. point. You know, it's it's like playing Russian sure. roulette. Yeah. You want to yeah. talk about I Zion? Mean, uh yeah let's talk about zion let's talk about zion oh boy um so yeah the nuggets are depressing me um so zion yeah he was uh he's the ultimate swing uh that we talked about who's either going to be top 20 or out of the top 20 um would you say would you say he's leaning more towards the risk of the reward right now natron uh i would say early reward for sure um he's the the minutes he's played, he's looked the part. His field goal percentage clearly isn't quite at that, like, um, just like outlier level that we've seen in years past. Um, uh, you know, he it's still elite, but you know, he was he was kind of just a, a deviation above everybody else before that. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say definitely, definitely reward so far. I mean, he's playing. We're going to do a new segment on projecting the jump. It is called uh, depending on your format. So depending on your format with Zion, uh, the IL plus is so important with him this year. Mm. Um, you know, he's missed four games so far this season, which isn't, doesn't sound like a lot, uh, but we're only like in the teens of games played right now. Um, I happen to have drafted him in the third round of a Yahoo league that has no IL plus. Um, and I've just had to eat those games and they killed me that week. Uh, I couldn't put them in an injury spot. I was just, I was just eating them. Um, so, uh, if you have an IL plus, it doesn't hurt as much. Um, 
but if you're eating them, it doesn't feel great. Um, he is currently number 82 in nine cat and his final ADP on Yahoo was 34.9. Um, the raw numbers look good to the eye, uh, definitely better in points leagues. You're getting 22 a game, six rebounds, 3.9 assists, only 0.3 blocks. Like shout out RJ Barrett. Hmm. Uh, you're, you're getting a single steal and 0.3 triples. Uh, the field goal percentage is at 56. The free throws are at a stable 71. Uh, his real plus minus is number 20 among power forwards, um, <laughs> which is interesting. Not like they're going to take him off the floor, but it just says shows a little bit that he's still finding his groove. He's still finding his footing. Uh, no pun intended. Um, so, yeah, Zion for me, I, I'm leaning a little. And I think this is I'm a little partial because I have him in a league with no IL plus spot a little more towards the the risk right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, um, if I could somehow move him for, say, uh, uh, an Evan Mobley, who's maybe been underperforming in bed, or if I could move him for just a more stable uh, top 50 big, um, I might mm-hmm. consider doing that. Uh, I haven't been having a great time with Zion. Um, but, um, you know, so far, okay. Um, just hope he can stay on the floor. And if you do have him, uh, being able to slide him into the IL plus spot is a huge advantage. Yeah. I feel like... It's he's one of those players this season, and there's there's always a few of those guys, uh, in you know in a league. But when you watch the game, um, yeah. I feel like his actual impact on the game is is quite a bit less this season yes. than it has in years past. When I've watched him in previous years, it was like, and maybe it was a little bit of just like just excitement over watching Zion that you were glued to watching him um, as a player. But when I watched the game, he kind of just, it goes minutes in between like really noticing what he's doing. Um, And when he gets the ball, like you can tell he, he clearly has that speed, that power, that size, that stuff's all in display. But I was a little underwhelmed by kind of the lack of, um, I don't know, additional moves or additional kind of like nuances to that game. It seems like the tape is out on him a little bit on what he likes to do. And teams are kind of taking that away a little bit. I mean, and, and with a guy that big and powerful, just like with the honest too, I mean, you, even though you're like, if they just say, you know, they're bouncing the ball and they say, Hey, I'm going left. Like you can only stop them so much, but it, you can definitely tell teams are shading to stop what he likes to do. Um, and he kind of just bulldozes into them. Um, so I feel like the games I've watched, I was like, oh, Zion had a bad game. It didn't have an impact on it. And then I'll look at the box scores and be like, oh, he had 22 and seven. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, that's pretty good, actually. Like, um, so I. Right. I can see both sides of that a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, on one hand you're, I'm thinking like, okay, so here's a guy, like here's a guy who is clearly isn't playing his best basketball, but is still putting up numbers. Um, The other side of that coin is uh, maybe, maybe we've, he's kind of a one trick pony um, and, and needs to develop an additional game. And that's going to, and teams are going to continue to kind of focus in and shut those things down. I hate to say this, but I totally agree with you. Um, you know, wow! All right, <laughs> you know, I think That's a part like first or second, <laughs> right? Yeah, hopefully we'll get into a, a heated heated argument here soon. But 
you know, I think a part of what happened is that team found its identity and became a winning basketball team that loved playing with each other while he was sidelined last year. You know, they made that run. They almost beat the Phoenix Suns um, in the first round last year. And so you have this team, you have this nucleus that's together. They can depend on each other. And then they try to bring in this huge star, you know, this larger than life figure, quite literally, and also his persona. And then he tries to fit into that system that's already working without him. So it's kind of interesting. It's like you could, on one hand, it's almost like an added bonus. You're thinking you add Zion to the mix of this team that, you know, was a scary out in the playoffs last year. And that should be a plus. But when you're watching him try to integrate into to the, the, the flow of the offense, I agree with you. I feel like sometimes he's forcing it and going to those Zion things. But, you know, they're not necessary when that offense is clicking the way it is. I mean, sometimes I feel like they play better with Larry Nance and Ho- Jose Alvarado in the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. And, and so and I guess if you're thinking about, you know, his value in fantasy, you know, think about do you think that uh, he's going to continue to find his way into the offense more in a more natural way? I mean, he totally uh, took the hammer to the Spurs today. He went uh, 14 for 18 and had 32 points and 11 rebounds uh, off the top of my head. I was just reading the stats before okay. we recorded. So, you know, if he can string together more dominant performances like that, um, then we'll be feeling good. But yeah, no, I agree with you. It's looked a little awkward this season. Yeah. The whole Pelicans. Uh team is kind of an interesting thing or just because they're so deep um i feel like you see that with a lot of these tanking teams where um they're they're really they're playing 10 12 guys um and normally that's kind of a the teams that are playing that are are competing for the bottom of the lottery um pelicans are one of the few teams that are that are you know on the upper side of the the standings um and it's kind of eating it's it's actually eating into almost all of the fantasy players you might have as starters um minutes a little bit i mean um so it's i'm i'm curious that's one thing i'm really watching the rest of this these next few weeks to see um what those minutes distributions look like totally yeah they got a lot of talent on that bench so what any other players you you uh got on your mind uh, so far well one thing I was uh, I was curious about because I was, you know, I feel like uh, we had talked about builds in our some of our previous pods, um, and and one really common build is is kind of build from the big guys. I like get a whole bunch of centers. That's kind of a little bit more straightforward of a build. It's really like conceptual. You can you can tell by you know, if you have a few centers, you're, you can, it's really obvious what categories you're punting, what categories kind of strengthen. Um, and I think a lot of people out there do that just cause it's, it's easy to, to do. Um, I did that in our the league that we share together. Yes, you did. Um, and you know, and so far the returns have been kind of so, so, and, and, I was kind of curious about like, oh, is it, is it just the players that I drafted or is this kind of more of a, a league-wide thing? So I went through and I drafted or I, and I charted the top 20 centers uh, by their ADP hmm. and then went to see, you know, where their rank, current rank falls in comparison to their ADP. Are they above that or below that? Nice. Thank um, you for doing that. Yeah, and it was pretty surprising um, what a 
what I saw. I mean, it, it kind of it correlated with my gut instinct in that uh, of the top 20 drafted centers, 16 of them are are currently lower than their ADP. Okay. Yeah. With an, I mean, and I, I threw, I was going to do average, but there's a couple like crazy outliers in there that would th- really throw it out there. Uh, but so I went for, um, just cause I really like the stats of everything. I, I, I just did what the, like the median ranking was. So I, I took everybody's value. And so, um, you know, so for instance, uh, you know, uh, Jokic was, you know, the number one drafted player. He's currently ranked eight because he missed like two or three games. Um, He's a a little down right now. He is. His stats have been a little less gaudy. Right. His shooting has, uh, he hasn't been taking the same amount of shots as as you're used to seeing. Which was Um, a thing previous to his MVP seasons. He would get into taking nine shots a game sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I mean, for instance, he's he's minus seven. So he's ranked eight. He was drafted one. Um, but I kind of went through and to see what the median ranking was for the top twenty players. Um, and the median player is minus eighteen down below their ADP. For Just seconds. for the top. For oh wow, okay, I gotcha. Dang. And I, I mean, I can think of a bunch right off the top. I mean. You know, it's interesting with Jonas Valanciunas, we were just talking about uh, who's one of the centers on your team. We were talking about the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and he's kind of been getting the squeeze. Uh, you know, Larry Nance mm-hmm. has been playing over him a lot because it's just kind of awkward to have him and Zion both out there. And Larry Nance is a winning player. We both love Larry Nance. And I wonder if you look, you know, so that's one situation in New Orleans. But, for instance, Rudy Gobert, um, you know, he had zero points, I think, the other night. Um, so, you know, zero field goals, zero field goals, excuse me. Zero yeah, he, field goals. he had a couple, he had a couple, uh, shots from the stripe, but that's he had it. some, he had somebody come in and spot him a couple free throws, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mark price <laughs> celebrity shot. Um, but I'm just wondering if how, how much of this is just systematic that teams are, you know, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see some of the, the minutes and the usage you, you, usage tells you a lot more. Uh, I feel like the usage mm-hmm. is down for some of these players, even, you know, DeAndre Aiden, not to just pick on your squad, but, you know, I please do, please do. I, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, again, when I watch the Suns, I'm like, can can Aiden get the ball a little bit? Like, and I don't have him on any teams, but like, I feel like just systematically, some of these centers, their usage just must be down. I mean, uh, you know, there's such a strong correlation between usage and fantasy production, but. Um, that would be an interesting exercise. Um, can, the fourth centers that are ahead of ADP, do you got those? I do. And ironically, one of them is uh, John Collins, who's clearly not what? a center. And not a, clear, a center. And also Yahoo been, has him as a center. He's not been great. So that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the few guys. So this year, the. the uh, but can I try to guess? The, <laughs> yeah. 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 Is Yaka Pertle ahead? Yeah. Uh, so Yaka Pertle was just outside of the top twenty. Okay. Uh, there's there's one guy that was ranked. Oh, that was Brooke... uh, who had ADP of a top twenty. Brooke Lopez is Brooke, Lo- Brooke Lopez. Uh, is clear. Well, no, Brooke Lopez. And once again, so I'm reading through this. Uh, I'm trying to like read through this FBI piece taped together thing. Uh, but Brooke Lopez was not a top twenty drafted player, although he clearly right. is. He clearly is a top uh, probably twenty player. In fact, he's. 15th ranked right now and his adp was 119 yeah i was one I was thinking, yeah i was thinking yeah. about that wrong okay so give me the four 
Um, so one of these guys was a top 20 drafted player uh, who's AD. A- AD is is crushing it right now. Just until he gets hurt. No, he's been a monster last four games. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, man, this is so hard to read with this with this cutoff here. <laughs> I had this so neatly organized. Uh, v- uh, Vucic. Big Vooch. Yeah, Big Vooch. He he's a plus. Uh plus eleven at the moment. Um, a guy who you just traded for, actually, in our joint league together. I don't make trades. Uh oh, really? Oh, geez. I, I must have the wrong was the wrong person in mind. But Christoph Brazingis oh, oh, is, is a is a big plus. Big yeah. plus twenty-eight. Um yeah, and then John Collins was the other one. Okay, that's an interesting center study. We'll have to piece that back together. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I'd like to think some of these at... guys are down big. I mean, like Christian Wood is down a hundred and seven spots. I know we just talked about him. Uh, you know, over what his ADP is. Uh, Giannis is down some astronomical number, um, mainly because of his three throw percentage, but. Well... Uh, and miss games too. So I don't know. I'm curious to see, you know, I mean, with the centers is, is, you know, what's the story of this? I mean, you kind of touched on usage. That's, that's a really good thought. I mean, I was kind of wondering, is it a conditioning thing early in the season? You know, just that, you know, the big guys need a little bit more time to kind of get into playing shape. And then these numbers are going to start kind of leveling off. Um, well, Bull Bull's a big guy. More... And he hasn't he hasn't needed that time. Bull Bull's conditioning well, been great. Yeah, that's true. Uh, is he a big guy? <laughs> he is very big. He's just very he's very slender. Tall guy. He's a very tall guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is it maybe it's the maybe it's the take foul? You know, I mean, I feel like a lot of ink has been spilled on uh you know the on how take fouls kind of um sped up the game a little bit. You know, kind of a you know eliminated some of that like uh you know half court possession stuff maybe that's what it right. is or or maybe it's just the expansion of uh you know the evolution of the three point game i mean i feel like a lot of teams are you know and a lot of these guys that are a lot of the centers that are ranked up high or a plus um you know are they're kind of three point shooting players well, and another way to look at it, too, if you're looking at uh, ranking and ADP, uh, as I'm just kind of scrolling through here. So DeMontis Sabonis has been pretty good this season, uh, but he had an yeah. ADP of 24 and he's currently ranked 38th. So I thought to myself, we've probably just gotten a lot of jumps from wings and guards who are just kind of jumping up these guys in production. Uh, Jared mm. Allen, you're getting just what you paid for. He's number 40. Uh, his right. ADP was 44. Miles Turner, who's been yep. killing it was an ADP yes. of 41 and he's number 43. So just kind of, right. you know, Ev- Evan Mobley again, uh, ADP. And, and, if, of- and if you wouldn't have missed, if you wouldn't have uh, stepped on the, uh, was it, was it ball boy or fans foot? He'd be top 20 then. Right. Exactly. So just quick study of, of this here is, as I'm thinking that you're just getting some, uh, some production uh, players out performing their ADP at the garden wing spots, perhaps too. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah, um, so it could be just kind of fluky. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a good study. Thank you. Keep that paper. Um, I you want you want to talk about Ben Simmons one. or? 
Uh, I guess. Let's talk a little bit about Ben Simmons. Don't look now, but here comes Ben, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ben Simmons, my boy. Listen, uh, his final ADP, 76.4. Current ranking, 119. Not worried about that. Last couple of weeks, Ben is starting to flash that Philly uh, pre-meltdown uh, production. Um, so I got... Let's just go through some of his lines recently. Just getting nasty with it. Um, Portland, November 17th. 15 points, mm-hmm. 13 rebounds, 7 assists, and a block. Memphis, November 20th. 22 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. Next up, Philly. Mm. 11, 7, 11, 3, and 3. Then Toronto, 14, 2, 6, 3, and 2. Uh, I'm interested. Um, so, you know, the risk, it, I think it's it's paying off um, as far as his ADP of 76. I'm going to go ahead and right now on this podcast predict talk, top 60 the rest of the way for Ben Simmons. Uh, and much better in the builds of people like me uh, that usually build around the strengths of Ben Simmons and shave off the weaknesses. If you're punting turnovers um, and you're putting free throws, um, I don't know. I think this has a play, uh, chance to stick. And he does have a real plus minus of number 48 among point guards. Hmm. But don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you like do you like the plus minus tack ons that I've been using? I haven't explained. I appreciate that those. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just re- just real quick, a real a real plus minus is what I'm using, and that measures both defensive and offensive impact when a player is on the floor. So uh, for you nerds out there, um, but uh, I don't have Simmons anywhere, so this isn't a biased take. Uh, I just I don't know. I just think I, it's it's nice to see him out there uh, doing Ben Simmons stuff. Um, do you trust it? What would you say to a Ben Simmons owner who loves to make trades? You holding, you shot, you trying to get him. Uh, how do you feel about Ben Simmons right now? It is funny that I me, mean, you, you brought up the last couple of weeks and, uh, I feel like I had an opportunity to get him uh, two weeks ago. Um, and it was a hard pass for me at that point. Um, and, and in fact, even at the time I thought that's, I bet she's on the wire within a week. Um, and then it's amazing to see just over the last two weeks. And I've got a couple of his games. Um, and since then, and the, the amount of swagger, like it, you mm-hmm. can just tell the swagger is slowly returning. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I, honestly, I feel like it started in that Portland game that you mentioned uh, where he went off where Portland at the end of the game and, Employed a hack attack of Simmons um, and he went to the line and he knocked him down um, and he, you know, he, then he was talking trash to Chauncey Billups, you know, he's kind of just John here and there. Um, and ever since then, he's kind of, he's looked a lot better because he looked quite frankly, terrible before that. Um, just no, I mean, just running down the court and you could just tell, he was clearly looking to offload the ball as yeah. quickly as possible. And you still get that. And I feel like that's the big concern with, for me with, with him is that he he's driven the ball under the key or he just, he, he brings the ball, the ball on the court. And then he's just looking to, to dish as, as immediately as possible. So he's, his points are up. He's getting a steady diet of KD assists, um, just alley-oop dunks pretty much. Um, but it's been encouraging to see the rebounds, defensive stats, assists kind of popping off a little bit more. 
and it's fun to watch again. The, yeah. the the joy is coming back. Like you said, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Even his press conferences, he has that twinkle in his eye again. Um, I guess I root for the guy. I don't know why. I do. Um, so uh, Matt Boucher or, or Boucher, we never quite worked that out. <laughs> if, you're, if, if you're listening, uh, you and I have a trade pending right now. Um, let me know. Th- let me know the price on, on old Benny boy, uh, because I am interested. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, Nate, those are my, uh, five risk reward guys. So, uh, you got any spitballs for me? Those are, those are everything I had. The one thing, the last thing I kind of, uh, I had written down here, if I turn to the back of my FBI sheet, um, which, uh, uh, unrelated take the, uh, one of the big surprises from, uh, this harvest is I accidentally hired an, uh, active duty FBI agents. So what? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize it till you got there. Okay, let's let's get tales from the harvest. We don't, we can edit it out if needed. I need to give me a short story on this. What are you talking about? What did you do? Well, I uh, I thought he worked for a nonprofit. Uh, <laughs> he had mentioned he had mentioned uh, he mentioned nonprofit a few times, and I was like, oh yeah, sure, come on out. It's like, and then he got out there and. Uh, Got to talk with him, and he's like, "Oh, he's an active duty <sighs> FBI agent that uh, just kind of took a two week vacation and uh, came out and worked for us." And so uh, it made like because he lives at the uh, you know in intern house this year, and so uh, out in the so, fields, he's doing he's a hands on work out in the fields. Uh, no, in the winery. Um, so it was right. The grapes yeah. are in the winery at this point because you're making wine. They're not in the friggin' fields. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he's. <laughs> He's in there with us, but so like, uh, but it definitely made like all of the, uh, um, everybody at the intern house like a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, buttoned up, I guess. <laughs> Did you ever consider putting on the loudspeakers in the winery? Secret Asian man, secret Asian man. I wish, yeah. This is why we needed a <laughs> mid mid harvest podcast because I I I didn't have these great ideas. That's beautiful. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but the uh, uh, but now that I flip this over, the last the last uh, take I have was just kind of a, yeah. and I was curious to hear because I feel like this is more up your alley a little bit than mine. Even though in our league together, I uh, I I got pulled into this uh, pretty well as well. But uh, I was kind of interested to see, or more surprised to see. The second year players, I mean, like cause last year was such a, a fantastic rookie class um, to see the second year players start off a little more sluggishly. Um, I mean, you have so I mean, just real quickly of the top seven, you know, the, really there's there's top seven rookies in my mind. I mean, you have Cade, Mobley, Barnes, Green, uh, Wagner, uh, Gideon, Suggs. Um, of those guys, really, you have one. Well, two two of those guys are outperforming their ADP at this point, um, and only two of those guys at the moment are outperforming their um, their rankings from last year. Even I, my first thought on this is, I think a part of of the the problem is maybe our expectations were just a little too high. Um, but as somebody who has Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes rostered, you know, uh, Evan Mobley, his ADP was 40. He's currently 44. 
he started to have some of those ceiling games. You know, he had a 21.18 rebound, five assists, two block, one steal game uh, just about a week ago. Uh, he's starting to put up double doubles of regularity. So I have no concerns about Evan Mobley moving forward. No, um, not, not, a, not, not, a, no not at all. Um, you, we could kind of go through those players. But in general, I think the excitement. What about Barnes? Barnes? I'm curious about what you think about Barnes. Barnes, I have a little more concern about than Evan Mobley, but not a whole lot. Um, he did flash a ceiling game. Uh, right now, he's out with a little ankle thing. I don't think it's anything long term. Nothing to be worried about. Um, but he he put up a huge like twenty nine point nine rebound, eight assist type line recently with some stocks. So he showed. All you want to see is glimpses of that ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. But again, if if Scotty Barnes is your second or third best player, that's a problem. Scotty Barnes is your sixth or seventh best player. He got a nice floor and you're going to get some spike weeks. So I think uh, because he's a popular player uh, that was drafted fairly high, it just depends the roster you have around him. You know, where I have him, he's insulated by some really good players. So um, it just kind of depends what your roster looks like around him. If you reach for him in the third and then you've had some injuries above and below him, then you could be really frustrated with Scotty Barnes. But depending on mm-hmm. how your roster looks, and uh, you know, maybe the guy in your league is frustrated. I would float out a, a an offer and just take the temperature um mm-hmm. and just, and see where they're at because you know the rest of the way you know with this little ankle thing withstanding um i would look for scotty barnes to have a, a heck of a second half you're not concerned about uh pascal siakam's just dominant so far the season or og's kind of uh uh kind of continued ascension that doesn't concern you at all you're you're still i mean because i mean barnes was Drafted at 44. Last year he finished at 37. This year he's sitting at 66. Not that it's terrible or anything like that, right. but that doesn't concern you. No, I think he has upward mobility. I mean, we knew coming into the year that Pascal Siakam was a great player who was going to have the ball in his hands. OG Ananobi has uh, been awesome this year. Um, currently ranked uh, 20, uh, 21st um, in nine cat, according to hashtag basketball. Um, but no, I'm really not. Um I just think that uh, those pieces are a little interchangeable. Um, 66 is is nothing to sneeze at. You paid for the upside. The upside remains. Um, I would be a little more concerned Mm -hmm. if he was 66 and he was a veteran player. uh, And we thought we'd seen his upside already. And, you know, maybe you had taken him a little based on past performance. I think he was drafted off a strong rookie year. And um, the upside that you have when you have that skill set and, and, you know, and you're that young. So there's going to be some ups and downs. But again, I think I love I love his fit personally on, on my roster. Um, and, you know, I, you know, going forward, I think there's still um, room to grow. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent on that team, but um, he doesn't have to be the highest usage player because he gets it done in a lot of areas for you. He chips in in a lot of categories. Are the are there any of the those top seven rookies or second year players that I mentioned that you would at this point of the season consider selling on, um, or you would just that you would bail on that you, you, even though you had invested you know a decent draft capital on them. I don't uh, want to ruffle any feathers, but I would consider selling Kate Cunningham if anyone was buying. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. I apologize. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what Jamie is referencing is I traded for Cade Cunningham. And then while there was in our league, there was a uh, two day trade period uh, pause during that two day period. 
uh, Kate Cunningham got injured and uh, and and he's never played for me once. And, you know, there was some video that surfaced of him maybe practicing, but they're contemplating surgery. He's probably going to have surgery. That's really rough. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, I, I, at this point, I, I, I guess the, the conversation somewhere with Kawhi Leonard, like these are players that are like, do you want to bail? See what you can get. They're in kind of different situations, but, but in all honesty, like if I had Kate Cunningham and somebody wanted to give me uh Tobias Harris form, I'd take it. I'd take that to get out from under it while the news is still pending. Oh, honestly, if somebody was going to give me Kelly Oubre, I would trade for that. Or uh, Jordan Clarkson. Or what, uh, what about what anybody. about Killian Hayes? <laughs> yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Offer that Hayes. trade. Offer that trade. Um, you know, one player that I think was a nice buy uh, buy low, and that buy low window has started to close from that list is is Josh Giddy on um, the old Zombies. Um, but he's really started to tick up of late. Um, so that buy window might be closed. Um. Again, if I had a zombie, which I never have, um, I would always look to sell high. Now, let's kind of, I want to get your take on this as we wind this podcast down. Is Shea Gilgis Alexander the ultimate sell high? Would you sell, if you could get uh, a top 15, 10, 15 player that you knew that team was going to be fighting to make the playoffs all the way, would you consider moving him at the top of his value or you just ride it out with Shea? Uh, because the production's insane and they are winning. I don't think they want to. So where are you at? Let's let's hear the take for for those who do roster players from that team. Where are you at on Shea? Would you try to move him? How concerned are you about the shutdown, the tank, and where are you at on that? I feel like uh, when it comes to guys like on Oklahoma City or um, any of these teams that are clearly on a tank, uh, they kind of all fall in the same category. Um, where it's a little bit of just found money. Um, but uh, like clearly, I mean, he's he's crushing it. And if somebody was going to give me a top fifteen player, I would I would take that. Um, I don't think I would be actively trying to trade them, right? Just because uh, I don't know if if the perception meets what, or, you know, what the value is. So, you know, I just don't know if anybody's going to be giving me a top 15 player for Shea, who's currently a top five player. Um, I just think that if you're trying to trade him, you're going to be trading for a top 30 player or something like that. Um, So I just have a hard time envisioning that you're going to get the value, that there's going to be another owner out there that's clamoring for it. But if somebody offers you that trade, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to do that. I mean, if somebody offers you, I'm trying to think of a well, let's somebody who's kind of in that in that window. You know, I mean, if somebody offers me Dejounte Murray for him, yeah, I'm gonna take it. So okay, like, okay, uh, wow. So I yeah, I was interested in finding where the Shea line is for you. So Dejounte currently number twenty two, Shea currently number three. You would take Dejounte if somebody offered them to you for Shea. I would. Yeah, I think it just is. It's safer. You know, well, I think. Well, you're... let's let's find the line. I want to know where the Dejounte line is. Let's do a few others, and let's find when you're like, no, I'm holding Shea. Uh, Devin Booker, currently number seventeen. Well, we're both on the same page in that we think Devin Booker's overrated. Um, I don't right. want to put words in your mouth, but uh, I would hold Shea for that particular player, but that isn't necessarily where the line is. But I wouldn't take that particular trade. Darius Garland. Ooh, that's a great, that's a great one. 
Hmm. Man, I would. It's so hard because you you got to think about like, is it is this player going to be available in the playoffs? Uh, for, for the fantasy playoffs. I probably would do it. I probably would do that trade. You would take Garland for Shea straight up right now. Man. I think I might. Cur- cur- currently number 30. It's hard for me to put myself in that space. Uh, but if if Shea was putting up that production for a different team with the same circumstances as far as how much they might tank, no, I would not. I would hold Shea mm-hmm. over Garland. Um, I found my line when doing this. Um, it kind of starts right at, um, so number 12 right now, uh, is De'Aaron Fox. Uh, I think in some leagues, uh, you, that somebody would, would trade Shea for Fox. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if you, if you, dr- you drafted Shea, I mean, Shea was going on average, what number forty-eight? I think uh, is what I have written down on my uh, FBI sheet here. Uh, I mean, that's so you're you're talking flipping forty-eight into twenty or twenty-five. Um, I mean, I don't think anything that he's doing is unsustainable as far as on Talent course right. play. Um, it's just a matter of. Uh, that you know and the thunder have shown that they are the most talented more than any other team at tanking um right. the last they, few seasons they find ways to and, get it done yeah and and i wouldn't and really honestly i guess if i had shay i would hang on to him because of the found um, money aspect that's until, a very good point yeah i mean and then i would hang on to him and then come end of january I would start shopping him at that point, uh, February, you know, around the trade deadline, that, that point, that's when I would be looking for that shape or Garland trade. Uh, yeah. But I would ride that up until that point. You know, I'm going to, b- before we come on for another pod, I'm going to go through Yahoo has that feature where you can search uh, recent trades and their database. You can just put in a player and see actual trades that are happening in real mm-hmm. fantasy leagues. And I'm really interested to see like, you know, if you're going to move Shea, that person's going to want a few months of feeling safe from the tank, safe from the shutdown. Um, and in OKC, we've never known when that is. But I just feel like the longer you wait, the less likely you are going to to pull something like that off. So personally, yeah. I think what I'm hearing is that projecting the jump advice is if you can get a top 20 player for Shea um, that feel, you feel like is locked into the role and that team is going to be fighting for the playoffs we would say go ahead and do that is that right yeah that seems really fair okay all right well i think we've hit everything we we set out to hit tonight um I, nate don't take all the uh don't take all the blame um for us not getting around to doing this pod um you know we uh we did the preseason stuff and we're gonna we're gonna hammer out some in-season stuff but um you know, I'm sure that the wine that you've provided for the world um, will be more valuable than some of these uh, some of these weak takes. So, they'll <laughs> <laughs> at least be around for longer. That's true, and they get better with age. These takes get much worse. So li- listen, right? So no, please no, listen upon opening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> for, for Natron Kalina, this is Flying J, and we will catch you soon. Look forward to seeing you, see you again soon. Peace.
Later. All right. Bye then. I'll hang up.